1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we reflect on a huge night of Europa League semi-final action Rangers are down but not out as they head home from Leipzig trailing 1-0 from the first leg Attention now turns to a trip to Celtic on Sunday where the hoops can all but wrap up the league with a win It's a massive evening in the Championship Dick Campbell's on the shortlist for Manager of the Year along with Ange Postacoglu, Malky Mackay and Paul Hartley I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Kenny Miller and Hugh Evans. How do you beat this weekend for drama Celtic are potentially 90 minutes away from the league title they're playing Rangers who are potentially 90 minutes away from a European final and then we get to the threat of Aberdeen and St Mirren potentially getting dragged into the relegation dogfight so Potentially, this is brilliant excitement, as long as you've got nothing to lose, of course. Yes, there is a lot of potential in this studio as well. Kenny Miller, Hughes set it up perfectly. Not only was it a huge night last night and a huge night to come next Thursday, uh, there's quite a bit to happen in between. Of course there is, and it was, uh, I mean, it wasn't the great perf- greatest performance for Rangers last night, but they set out a plan. Uh, and I'm sure it was that plan was to stay in the game and get it back to Ibrox and get one of these special nights, special European nights under the lights back at Ibrox this week. So it was job done in that sense. About a bit disappointment conceding the goal so late after putting so much hard work, but job done. The tie is very much alive. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. That is the number you need, Rangers fans. How are you feeling after last night? What did you make of the game itself? The ninety minutes, the tactics, the game plan, the personnel, the changes. And where does this leave you? Lots of people, uh, last night we were on until 11 o'clock, we had an extended phone in and the, the general mood was still in the tie. Okay, fine, not a brilliant outcome, but still in the tie. How do you feel now that the dust has settled looking ahead to next week? Let us know right now, we'll kick off with that, 01419511025. It is of course Friday night, just before Celtic take on Rangers in the small matter of not quite a title decider but you know there are thereabouts so please do pick up the phone you Celtic fans as well how are you feeling ahead of that one are you confident let us know big games in the Premiership tomorrow as Hugh says Aberdeen St Mirren fans how are the nerves and certainly what a night in the Championship as well Hugh Keevans we've got a Dunfermline supporting colleague yes. in the office he's fit to be tied uh, because it's a full card in the championship and lots to play for there as well after Kelly wrapped up the league last week he's driving off to East End Park later on Stephen Mill to see the game his beloved pars uh, and they are reliant upon Air United not beating Partick Thistle at Somerset Park so big night but I'd go back to something he said earlier as well Gordon about Sunday no one of sound mind would say there was still a title race if Celtic won on Sunday. You couldn't... It, it, the title is Celtics on Sunday if they win. We are just saying it for accuracy purposes, that's all. Oh, I've got no time for accuracy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the reality, Kenny. I mean, Rangers have shown in the past they can deal with the, the, the energy-sapping nights in Europe and, and come back and beat Celtic. They did it not so long ago. Can they do it again? Will Celtic pretty much wrap up the title will Rangers show that there's life left in it come Sunday well like you said they showed it two weeks ago 120 minutes on Thursday night and another energy sapping old firm game on the Sunday where they got got the job done and by all accounts 
for me, the team that were in the ascendancy, the team that looked like they had the legs mm-hmm. and the energy to go and win that game of football, and, and they'll need much more of the same, because if they've got any hope uh, of winning this title and retaining this title, then they need to win. They need to go to Celtic Park on Sunday and win this game of football. There is so much to get through. Let's start by looking back on last night's action, but of course it all forms part of the same picture, because we roll on to Sunday as well. In terms of Glasgow's big two, big night in the championship, big day tomorrow across the leagues, it's all happening. So pick up the phone right now, please. 01419511025. Giovanni Van Bronckhurst believes his side can progress to the Europa League final. The Dutchman told Sky Sports the Ibrox crowd will be crucial in overturning the one goal, and he claims the players are confident they can reach the final in Seville. The overall feeling straight after the game was the disappoint, uh, this disappointing goal we, we get against us uh, so late in the game. But overall, I'm, I'm quite pleased with the performance of the players. You know, it gives us um, you know, a very good uh, opportunity to reach the final. And uh, we know the game at home at Ibrox will give us a lot of energy and uh, also belief in uh, reaching, uh, reaching the final. Uh, we will give it our all, you know, do everything we can to uh, to be in Seville. Uh, I felt that the players also had the belief that uh, the defeat we uh, we had yesterday, we can overturn that in, 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 in a week's time. And, uh, you know, with respecting the quality of the opponents, but, uh, you know, we are confident and uh, that we can have a good result next week. Hugh, how would you sum up Rangers' position at the moment? What did you make of last night? Uh, it's a Thursday night, therefore several things happen at once. Alan McGregor always plays well. Conor Goldson and uh, James Tavernier always play well. There's terrific organisation at the back. There's fluidity going forward. There are chances created, not always scored. That was the case last night. I thought that Ryan Kent should have scored. Uh, second half for Rangers. Next Thursday night, it's Ibrooks. And you repeat the same thing Rangers Thursday night Ibrooks Europa League big crowd lots of noise Rangers win that's what I expect next Thursday night Stevie's a Rangers fan Hugh Keevans is optimistic strange things are happening Stevie how do you feel after last night now the dust has settled well basically hi Shug how you doing I'm very Stevie uh, Mal Granda you know how you doing <laughs> <laughs> now anyway no last night I was watching the game and uh as I said, I call it spearheading, right? Now, I used to run a couple of football teams, right? And if you couldn't get down the wings, all you do is get through the middle, right? So, I said, bring on Arfield, take Kamara off, and then get right through the middle with your 4 3 2 right? And you take right off, or and you play... Um, what do you call him? Arebo, right in the middle of the, bo- the box, and you play um, Sakala right through the box, and you just spearhead it. Now, spearheading to me was if you can't get down the wings, you just go straight for the centre central of defence, you know. This is Paisley's Jose Mourinho we've got yeah. on the phone. Stevie, I like it. I like the thought process here. I was just trying to make sure we had the right number of, of players on the park. What, what Stevie did point out. Um, Kenny mentioned Joe Rebo going through the middle that did happen yep. in the second half did Rangers get a, a bit of joy or, or more joy from that 100% they got more joy I wouldn't exactly go along with Stevie with the spearheading type <laughs> of terminology but 
Joe Rebo going through the middle when you, we were speculating on who would be the false nine, mm-hmm. the number nine. I thought Joe Rebo was the best guy for the job because what it does is it gives you that threat through the middle, but it keeps Ryan Kent where Ryan Kent's best, which is on the left, and Scott Wright where he's most familiar, which which would be on the right. Uh, so it was definitely, I think it was with three minutes into the second half, Joe Rebo takes the ball in, slides it to Ryan Kent, and like you said, he should score. A player of that quality with that step over, he gets half a yard, he should score. So, but then when Sakala comes on, Aribo finds himself back out on the right. Uh, and I think then any platform to get forward was, was ended right there. No doubt Rangers were better in the second half, but I think it was in that 15 to 20 minute spell where Joe Aribo mm. was at the top of that team. Stevie, do you still feel like Rangers will go through? Oh, definitely. But uh, we've not got a goal scorer. Definitely not got a goal scorer. I mean, uh, if Morales or Roof was there, we'd, 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 I'd be very confident, but no, no. Well, it's going to be a nervous wait to find out if Kamal yeah. Roof makes the game next week. He may well do, Hugh Keevans. A phrase that sort of came up last night, was this the, the, the last of the poss- the last of the acceptable outcomes for Rangers? You obviously want to win the game. You yep. would have been delighted with a draw. Anything more than a 1-0 win? Possibly, probably. Trouble. Um ends it for you yeah. but quite simply Rangers need to win a game at Ibrox yeah. and at a bare minimum it would take them to extra time and penalties win it more comfortably and of course they, they go through to the final is that an okay place to be? Well it has to be it's the only place you've got to go but it has to be my only reservation would be they're not bad Leipzig I I, I thought that they, at times they let themselves down you know they should have had more goals than they got when the player goes round Alan McGregor and skies the ball over the bar and this is one of the most talked about young men in Europe uh, you know he's having an off night he may not have an off night by the time he gets to Ibrox I think they're a good team and I think they put up a much better show than Braga did and Red Star Belgrade before them and Borussia Dortmund before them so Rangers I think we'll bring the usual Thursday night performance to the table, but Leipzig are a good team. Is that a, a decent enough situation to be in, Kenny? As decent as a defeat can be, does it leave Rangers in a, a spot that they can still maintain some confidence ahead of next week? Well, they went in the last round in the exact same position and came out flying out the traps with a goal in the first two minutes for Tav. Uh, and that was a wonderful performance that night. There's, I would expect the exact same type of atmosphere the noise the energy coming to the stadium the players responding to that getting right out of the traps and getting on the front foot the problem like you say is you're against a very very good team a ve- again a better team with the greatest respect to Braga they're a better team than Braga and uh, it's about can they get on that front foot can they be aggressive can they impose their game on a Leipzig the way they have most teams by the way at Ibrox over the course of this uh, European journey so uh, I'm, I'm confident they can they can definitely win the game will it be enough to get through straight away or would it need to go to extra time and penalties I'm not so sure but I think they've got more than enough with that crowd behind them with the atmosphere that's been created on these Thursday nights to go and win this game RW was confident about Thursday until he heard Hugh say that Rangers would win because his <laughs> predictions don't tend to uh, work out thank you to Stevie let's hear a bit more from the Rangers manager um, he is of course looking ahead to the weekend also in fact we'll do that in a second will we I want to squeeze one more call and I'm just looking at the clock forgive me thinking on my feet here let's bring in Dominic who is a Rangers fan in East Kilbride what did you make of last night Dominic? 
Good evening, Gordon, Kenny, and Uncle Hugh. Hello. Hi. Um, last night I thought it was a good good defensive performance. Um, I, I thought I think Kenny will probably agree. It'll be one of what Smith will be proud of. Um, but I think the only I think the G will get wrong was I thought they should have started round round start Scott Wright maybe Arfield with Sakala on the right. Yeah, what about the defensive performance, Kenny? It's not something we've seen from this Rangers team in Europe and, you know, Dominic makes the comparison to 2008. Um, we've just not seen it under Steven Gerrard, under Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. They've played a lot of big teams. They've gone to a lot of tough places. They've never done that before. What did you make of it? Well, I'm actually intrigued to find out why. You know, because we've, we've discussed so many times, you've seen them dip into the back three, back five, if you want to call it that, with Lundstrom slipping in between, whether it be Balligan and Goldson or Bassey and Goldson and, and doing the role really, really well, but they've never started that way. You know, and they've played Dortmund, they've played Braga, they've played Red Star, and they've never ever adopted that kind of tactic to sit in and just defend your box and try and limit the team and frustrate the team to like very, very few chances. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually intrigued to why they actually done it against Leipzig, you know. But is the uh, answer as simple as Alfredo Morelos and Kamal Roof weren't available? Could be. It could. It could definitely be a part of that because I think the whole when you've not got that focal point of your team, it maybe then right. Maybe we need to do something different because we've not got that player at the top that can get us up the field. That can maybe give us the the goal. That can maybe get something out of nothing. Uh, so yeah, that, it could be as simple as that. It could be that that actually they're, they're paying Leipzig a lot of respect mm-hmm. for how they play and the types of players that they've got in the front area of the pitch. Mind you, it, it, it nearly worked ultimately. Yeah. That's that's the, the aim of it. But then that's football. You know, a big moment comes along and undoes a lot of the hard work. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kenny and I were talking about this before we came in here, and you know. The, Fashion to Carlos header is is weak. I, I do accept that he's there trying to help the team. Others might say, "What is he doing there? Leave it to proper defenders. You're not a defender." Uh, but I think if Lundstrom behind him gets the connection on the ball that he thought he was going to get, and it doesn't fall to yeah. Angelino, um, but it what, is that sort of is there a danger of overanalyzing it in the sense that he could hit that? nine more times out of ten yeah. and it goes nowhere near the bottom yeah. corner once it does go in the bottom corner you then you step it back you rewind it and you start looking for small things that, that maybe could have made a difference uh, will uh, Rangers be that disappointed in their own part in it? Probably because of how late the goal came That's what I mean match. I mean the nature of the goal you know it's, it's the, like the, I said is it not, is it not think, a sort of hats off to the attacker job? Yeah 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 I, I think Sakala was unfortunate he's there and his mentality is I'm going to do anything I can to stop them from scoring the strike from Angelino you know Alan McGregor was actually diving and the ball has already hit the net uh, sees it so late doesn't he yeah um, one of the you know, so that's the frustration one of the great enigmas surrounding Rangers run in the Europa League they are McGregor's always magnificent Goldson's always magnificent Tavernier and Bassi are always magnificent and this is the same Rangers defence that have let themselves down so often they could win the Europa League and not win their own league on partly because of Celtic and their form and partly because at times defensively they've let themselves down very badly. Dominic mentions some things he would maybe have done differently which is always fine, you know, with the, the benefit of hindsight. Wanted Scott Arfield to play, didn't think Scott Wright should have played. Maybe was a... Was he a surprise inclusion or did the performance for Park at the weekend maybe 
suggest that that could be on the cards? It might have played its part. <clears throat> Obviously, when you when you've got a chance to get the jersey and and you go and put in a decent performance again, it was a big goal he scored uh, for part last week, down to ten men, and uh, and and putting the performance in again. Did they get the first one? Was it an OG? You know, he was still in the mix for that as well. So, I, I still think it was a big call. Uh, I think Scott Arfield with the experience and it's easy with hindsight I think Gio has, has tried something based on probably you're right the fact that his, his, his two recognised strikers are missing so he's trying to find a way and what they do have in those two players Ryan Kent and Scott Wright is pace you know so he could have been looking to sit in we're going to suck up a lot of pressure we're going to be asked to defend a lot can we attack them on a counter with the pace that we've got on Kent and Wright it never quite worked it never actually got up and were a bitter attacking force until they actually put Joe Rebo out and they went in the kind of 5-4-1 with right on the right and Kent on the left so it's, uh, it's definitely food for thought moving forward mm-hmm. into this weekend because whether Kamar sorry this Thursday whether the uh, Kamaru is going to be fit for it or not and if, if he is I'm sure he'll just be the automatic choice to go into the number 9 does that mean they go back to their usual 4-3-3 or do they stick to a, a 4 or sorry a, a 5-3-2 with maybe Kent off Roof, mm. who knows? But the fact if if, he, if Roof's fit, I think you'll find that he'll be he'll be the number nine, and that'll be the focal point to try and build the attacks. Dominic still believe you'll go through. Definitely, Gordon. As long as for me, there's Roof was the man that was missing mm. uh, last night up front, but it was just a, a, a quick second point for me. Sure, it was just uh, about Sunday that the tactics that deal done last night. We can't go to Celtic Park on Sunday and play defensive or. Celtic will just run up a, a, a ball cup right over us. I think that he's got to do it exactly like the cup sem- the semi final yeah. in the cup and play right from the start, just attack, attack, attack. But yes, attention turns very quickly. Thank you to Dominic. What do you think about last night then, Rangers fans? It's a good time to call. What about last night? Where does it leave you? What about the big moments in the games? And as Dominic quite rightly sets us up, what about this weekend? Is the is the almost the same conversation as, as previous weeks? The Rangers actually rest players for a game against Celtic because of Leipzig, or is that madness? And you take the old one game at a time mantra. Let us know right now. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five, and we'll speak to you next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Kenny Miller are here both waiting on you though to get in touch 01419511025 what did you make of the game the result the performance in Leipzig last night Rangers fans how does it set you up for next week and what about this weekend because it's straight on to a trip to Celtic Park where they could pretty much win the league if they win of course you could breathe new life into the title race perhaps or prolong it a bit further. Uh, so let us know all your thoughts. 01419511025. Huge night in the championship on Twitter. Uh, Techno Viking says a shout out for the 2,500 plus Kelly fans heading to Kirkcaldy for a title party tonight. Well, good for them. You know, they, they, they brightened up last Friday night uh, in their numbers at uh, Rugby Park. Over 10,000 there at that game, which uh, won... Derek McInnes and Kilmarnock the title so when you have a travelling band of supporters like that they're very welcome back in our major league let's bring in Willie who's a Rangers fan from Edinburgh how do you feel after last night Willie? yeah well you're talking about the formation mm-hmm. um, I've watched um, Leipzig four times out of the last five games and they play a 3-4-3 there's two wide men up front always stay very wide and of course they've got a star uh, striker so it was no surprise to me that he played the five because there'd be too many gaps in between 
um, the full backs and the centre backs, especially you know the striker they've got, and and the two white players are very good as well. So um, it was it was fairly sure that he wasn't going to go four against the three because as I say, there be too many gaps in between. So that's why he went for the that's why he went for the five, which absolutely you know really worked a treat. It was um, listen, um, the defensive display, not just the back uh, five, but the whole team were magnificent. The other, the other thing, um, why he changed um, in the second half, which again, um, Van Bronca seems to be, in my opinion, maybe just tactically better than Gerard. Um, he seems to make subs and changes tactics and they seem to work. Um, but the, the reason, he, in my feel, he changed um, in the second half wasn't so much putting Aribo up front, who did very well at holding the ball up, but it was the fact that the middle four in Leipzig, the two wide men were always getting on the ball. They were the link into the front three, and they were causing problems. They were always getting on the ball. It was listen, Kenny, I'll tell you, to play against eleven back behind, playing deep behind the ball is so difficult to penetrate. Um, so what he did in the second half, and I felt, and I was thinking this before he did it, is that he had to play, he had to somehow stop these two guys getting on the ball. So he dropped right and came back, knowing that when they could break, they would be very offensive and get us up the park. And Aribo, you know, did do a good job. Yeah. I can't agree what um, Kenny Miller was saying um that I, I I was a wee bit surprised that he didn't put Sakala to to the right hand side when he took right off and kept Aribo up there. Um, maybe it was just that he felt there was more running. Um, yeah, what, what do you think? What do you think was behind that, Kenny? We, we speculated a bit last night. Gordon Dale pointing out that Joe Aribo then came off about ten minutes later. You know whether his race was run or not, we'll, we'll never really know. Um, but, but Rangers certainly did look like they were enjoying their best period when he went through the middle, but it didn't last very long. Why? Why might that have been the you know, case? I've, I've not got a clue uh, why he changed because there's no doubt if you're sitting there watching the game, you're thinking we've actually been better in an offensive sense in the second half and it was down it was solely down to the fact that when the ball went up to Joe Rebo the way he receives the ball I think his size and his physicality as well and his technique when he receives the ball is very very good with, with his back to goal Ryan Kent you would much rather have him facing forward driving like he did when he should have scored Scott Wright's the same when he went to the four as well what when Gio alluded to that after the game it was hard for the three to work the flat three of Kamara K, uh, sorry, Kamara, Jack, and I'm forgetting the last one who was. It was a Rebo, actually. It was a Rebo working across the field was hard. So putting an extra man in there to allow them to shift across was was one of the reasons he went to the four. But a Rebo going through the middle, it gives you something that that Kent and Wright wasn't. It was a bit more physicality, and it was a better technique to receive the ball with his back to goal and bring players, uh, other players up the up the pitch and into play. Oh, so, the Nokia! Go, the Nokia's is. ringing. It's alive. I was going to say the N95. It's not even that. It's not. Even, that's I don't think that. I was capable of making a noise that thing. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, yeah, I think that's why. But why he then changed it? Because when he brought Sakala on. 
for me, Sakala's best impact is when he's came on on the right, mm-hmm. when he can be a little bit more space out wide and isolate people 1v1 and he can use his pace and how direct he is to actually get supply into the box. So, again, I don't know. Like, like you say, Joe Rebo came off no long after that. I, uh, maybe there's a lot of work that has to be yeah. put in. That was Gio on the phone there. <laughs> he said he agrees with Kenny. <laughs> he wants to hire Willie as his analyst. Yeah. Um, Willie mentioned, you know, their star striker. Um, yeah. I suppose as much as there wasn't a great deal in the game, it's it's a good job the star striker had a not so starry yeah. night because yeah. he had one absolute sitter and then probably another one as an experienced goal getter. I'm sure Kenny would agree. He maybe should have done better with the header and, at the back post. And that's what causes me to have misgivings about next Thursday night. Don't assume that it will automatically be Borussia Dortmund, Red Star, Braga all over again because these guys can play a bit and that. Young man can certainly play a bit, but to be honest, he's a bit of a stinker. The guy actually did, didn't he? Kenny? It wasn't just like you say. It wasn't just when he went round Dalamic. I mean, again, Lundstrom kind of done a wee bit. I'd have mm-hmm. to put him off, just maybe throw him off balance. Alan coming out and throwing his silly feet again he maybe just done enough to kind of put him off he should score a player of that ability when he's had 30 goals 51 goal involvements over the course of the over the, the season should score I agree I think he should have scored with a header as well and I think even one in the first half when it came to him he has a wild oh, swipe yeah, and he misses on, yeah. it so as much as it was a sound and solid defensive display for Rangers Leipzig still created four or five really really good opportunities to you, score you never felt that Braga would get very far at Ibrox and even Red Star uh, were no great shakes at Ibrox but you get the feeling in your gut that this lot could come to Ibrox and be a bit better than that a bit livelier Uh, Willie we don't agree on much on this show but I feel like every Rangers fan that's got in touch has just felt the same overall that it was it was fine it was acceptable last night and it's it's doable and you're still in the tie and the confidence levels are, are there are you on the same page? Yeah but I think there are I think there are more dangerous I agree with you and I think they're more dangerous than the three previous opponents um, I know what you're saying about the striker okay he should have scored going round McGregor he should have scored you could say if he could, could have scored with a last header but listen Kenny I'll tell you strikers the big thing about him, he never got lots of chances because if he had got lots, he would have stuck maybe 50 away, you know, 50% of them away. But, you know, he never, and, and that was due to, you know, Rangers back five and, and, and you know, and people in front of them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he is a, a, you know, a, a very good player, but it's like all strikers, they miss. Um, and, you know, McGregor did do very well. And I've got to disagree. See the Sakala header? You know, listen, um, Hugh, you say it all the time, DNA, uh, blame referees, etc. But listen, Sakala's header, he headed it, um, I would say 15 yards, 15 metres. It was on the six-yard line and it went outside the box. Um, it was a fairly good header. Um, he had to go for it. Um, it. It might have just... If he hadn't a jump, it may lunch from behind him may not have attacked it as well, depending on how it was going to drop. You know, we're not sure how it was going to drop, what pace was on it. Um, listen, he headed it 15 yards out the box. Yeah, we did, to be fair, we did. you're right, Willie, to, to point out, we did say as well, Kenny, that there was always, there's going to be an element of nitpicking about that goal, because it was such a good goal. Uh, listen, it was a wonder strike, right? And Willie's right, it wasn't a bad header. My issue with, with, with the header is it's not his header to make. He's man marking. His man goes to the front post and he leaves his man to judge the flight of the ball, but that's not his job. 
his job's to stay with the man. It's Lundstrom's job to head that ball in that area of the pitch. And you're right, it wasn't a bad header. So we are nitpicking yeah. in regards because it was a decent enough header. But back in the middle, it wasn't his job. If mm. Lundstrom gets it, maybe it's a different header. Uh, thank you, Willie in Edinburgh. What about John, who's a Rangers fan? What did you make of the goal, John? There was a lot to take in. I think you've got a point that we've not covered yet. No, I think there's a lot of people missed the point. Right. Two players stand in an offside position. Winder strike, by the way, not against the winder strike. Two players stand in an offside position, interfering with the keeper's view. Mm-hmm. It's quite, quite clear and quite blank in the laws of the game. They're interfering with play. They're standing in front of McGregor. Why did it stand? Why did Varno look at that? I'm not being sure greats, by the way, because at the end of the day, it's a winder strike. The pair of performance in a shift, mm-hmm. but the laws are quite clear. If you're standing in front of a keeper in an offside position, and it did come from an angle that needed, you know I mean, to get into the other angle, mm-hmm. so you can you can talk all day about that. So why at that level in a European tie? They need to look it up. You, you would have to think that uh, Alan McGregor's view was obscured because, as I said, the the ball had already hit the net, and Alan McGregor was still in the act of going down. Uh, so. I mean, Kenny, the caller's got a point Kenny we looked at it a few times just before we came on here what did you make of it? I, th- I think well I think John's right I, there is no doubt that that player is almost I don't think it's exact but I think he's almost in a direct line between Angelino who strikes the volley and Alan McGregor and he moves into that into that space where he is offside Again, if that is the laws of the game, which by all accounts it is, I'm not even sure of all the laws of the offside with handballs and offsides these days, but he looked to me that it was almost dead in line with the guy who scored in Alan McGregor. And Hugh says Alan reacts very late because he sees it late. Uh, I don't think it helped the fact that the ball was under head height as well. It was, it was He caught it that sweet that he kept it under the radar. But uh, there's no doubt that at least one of the players was... Mm. In my mind, directly in front of Alan McGregor. I mean, John says, you know, why wasn't it looked at? I was sort of under the impression, you know, that every goal get, gets looked at, if you like, by yeah. VR. I mean, John's right, there wasn't the big ceremony about it. The referee wasn't asked to come and check it in, in that respect, but VR's there to check goals. Yeah. And I don't know, as, as a viewer, are we just left to assume that they they didn't see anything wrong with it I don't know I think that's it I think they would have checked it because every goal gets checked and they have looked and thought obviously no no that's fine no problem he's not on the line or, or he's not on the line of the goalkeeper he's not affected the play is, is it because the strike was that good and it's, and it's found itself in the net maybe before anybody could react to it? I, I don't know but they would have definitely checked it so we've got to assume that yeah there's, there's nothing wrong with that and it's, a, and it's a valid goal from November we will spend our professional lives discussing that when it's brought into Scottish football, this will become the staple diet of this programme and others. Uh, I thought the referee was very confident in his own performance. You know, the, the, there was a, a ridiculous attempt at a, a dive by one of the Leipzig players looking for a penalty, and the referee straight away could see the whole picture, and off he went. Uh, with no intention of giving a penalty so he struck me as being confident in himself but uh, John on the line is correct that's the sort of situation that should at least have the referee invited over to have a look 
Um, I mean, John, it's not like Alan McGregor to be shy. He didn't. He didn't seem to to complain. Not that that doesn't mean anything. It's just a, an observation. I think did Conor Goldson. I think did he stick a hand up? It seemed to be a, quite a quiet reaction from the Rangers players, didn't it? God, it doesn't matter. I just said that. I know. But whether, it doesn't matter whether the players put their hand up or mm-hmm. whatever. Maybe they, maybe it's Kenny City he doesn't know the loss of the game. Maybe the guy that was doing the VAR doesn't know the loss of the game either and didn't have a clue. But it's quite clear. And listen, nobody will tell me that they two, there was two of them, by the way. And I noticed it right away. Like, two of them were off side. Mm-hmm. There's, well, there's one in particular, Kenny. If, if we're being. You know, the, 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 I don't think there was two, maybe in an offside position, yeah. but remember that's not an offence, yeah. but there, there's not two players obstructing Alan McGregor, but one you can certainly build a case for. The referee and the officials don't think so, but but there's one in particular who is in the line from, from where the strike comes from. Yes, yeah, there, there might be two players in an offside position, but you're correct, Gordon, it's not an offence to be in an offside position. You need to be affecting the game, and in this situation, if you are in that affecting the goalkeeper's line of sight then mm. it should be it should definitely be looked at which it would have been I'm just surprised there was none of the, the, the aftermath that mm. we normally see maybe give, inviting the referee yeah. over to have a look because it looked for me he was in the line well, of sight well what do you know Craig D is on Twitter and he says VAR looks at every goal I a Rangers fan disagree with the caller offside is not the issue it's all to do with the player interfering with play in front of McGregor and I don't believe so after replays so we'll all agree to disagree John thank you John on the line thank you to Craig on Twitter it's 01419511025 what about Sunday then how are you Celtic fans feeling you couldn't take advantage of Rangers supposed tiredness last time will it be a factor this time who should play does Giacomakis play does Kyogo play do they both play uh, and what about Rangers fans are you seriously thinking about resting players for a trip to Celtic Park or is it the old one game at a time let us know let me run this past you first though Clyde One Super Scoreboard Golden Goals Yes, we've almost hit the 30 grand mark on Super Scoreboard's Golden Goals Remember, it's a very straightforward competition We throw £250 into the jackpot at least every time Celtic or Rangers score We'll be doing it for a while and we're sitting at £29,500 Sadly, Rangers couldn't add to the total uh, last night but hopefully we'll make up for it this weekend and because they face each other it's a bumper £500 per goal so it's all happening to be in with a chance of winning you must enter by texting GOAL to 61025 G-O-A-L to 61025 it is £2 plus your standard message rate over 18s only and the full terms and online entry are at Clyde1.com lines close 6pm Saturday the 21st of May so if you want to be the winner at the end of the season text GOAL to 61025 right now 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Kenny Miller are here It's 0141-951-1025 Or it's Twitter at Clyde SSB Let's hear from the Celtic camp ahead of a big weekend I'm sure we'll get plenty more reaction to Rangers game in Europe before 8 o'clock But Ange Postacoglu is praising rivals Rangers run to the semi-finals But... He was of quick to remind everyone of Celtic's 1967 European Cup success when he was asked if the Gers had shown other Scottish clubs the way to go in European football. Yeah, I, I think Scottish clubs, including this one, have made their mark in Europe before. I don't think we, we've learned anything new this year. Um, and, uh, yeah, Rangers have done very well. And, um, yeah, Giovanni's uh, they've done a great job in, in getting into to the semi-finals. And uh, I guess from their perspective... Um, 
you know, after last night, they're still in the tie and um, an opportunity to get to a final, which is uh, which is great. But, uh, yeah, um, I think uh, if you want evidence of how well Scottish clubs can do in Europe, there's a trophy I can show you just down the road here, mate. That is the comment that will add to Ange Postacoglu's cult status in the eyes of the Celtic supporters. He has picked up on all the little ways here and he has given the person who asked the question the answer that will endear him until the end of time to the Celtic supporters just like you I, I, I am loved by both sets in equal measure he wants his players to use the passion of a home crowd to urge them on to victory this weekend he knows three points essentially make Celtic champions however he still like last time expects Rangers to be right at it despite those exertions last night yeah you know, the challenge for our players and a team on, on these big occasions is to make sure that you know, we use that. We want to have that energy and that enthusiasm and that passion that's going to be on the night. We want to use that, but use that within the context of making sure we, we, we still stick to our principles. And, um, um, yeah, but looking forward to it. It's a big game. Um, we know it's going to be a, a, an unbelievable atmosphere. And, again, um, it's a game you want to be involved in. Uh, you know, if we're successful, it gives us a, a hell of a chance of, of finishing uh, champions. So, all those kind of factors you know, going into it, you know, they're going to put out a team that, that, that believe can can beat us and challenge us and we're going to be expecting them to be their best as we have in every other game. So, you know, what happens midweek um, becomes really irrelevant to, to our preparation anyway. Now, what the outcome is of that on game day, well, you know, everyone will see that. Let's go to the phones. We'll bring in Stuart, who's a Celtic fan in Canvas Lang. What do you think about the weekend coming up, Stuart? Um, yeah, the cup game we lost the game because on the day the better team won the game they wanted to get the, the, the game more than we did um, but I just think Celtic lack a bit of physical presence in the team and that concerns me a wee bit um, and Sunday personally I would play Yakimakis up front with Kyogo I mean Maddie's been doing well but I just feel we're lightweight up front and Rangers a big team at the back and I think Yakimakis can kind of get through sell about and maybe lay the ball off to Kyogo um, I just want to see what the panel think about that Sorry Hugh, I think that's Kenny's area of expertise First of all, yep. I'm sure you wouldn't mind um, What do you think Kenny? Well I'd like to know where Kyogo's playing Because he's not playing two up front He's going to play with three up front So does that mean Kyogo's put to the left And Giacomacus goes through the middle That was something that was tried in the first old form game I think at, at Ibrox And never worked with Edward. Obviously, uh, Kyogo got, got put to the left Kyogo's best through the middle It's as simple as that There's uh, That's been Again clearly obvious over the course of the season when he was playing and his absence I know Giacomacchus has came onto some really really good form and there, and there is a case for him to start the game there is no doubt about it but does that then mean that Kyogo gets sacrificed and put to the left instead of Maeda so not a chance which again it would be surprising based on his comeback last week and the impact he had on the game and the goal that he scored right in between the sticks it's another goal well to be fair Hugh I think Ange Postacoglu was asked today and he said he can play both so if that's the case then well Ange is also the man who after the game Ibrooks the first uh, derby of the season apologised yeah. for having played Kyogo out yeah. of position I remember that on the show that day I wonder <laughs> Does it change anything that Celtic have like they've developed since then, haven't they? For instance, it was Edward who was through the middle. I think Ryan yeah. Christie, Edward played, you know, very early in in the Ange Postacoglu way. I, I just wonder if that is still still relevant or whether he would be more comfortable doing it now. I go back to Stuart's original point that the, the team perhaps lacks a physical presence up front. 
uh, you just have to remind Stuart that they've beaten Rangers twice uh, in recent weeks. Jackie Marcus played, didn't he? In yeah. the, the one at, at Celtic Park. I thought that Kyogo uh, in Dingwall last Sunday looked as if he was gathering pace. Uh, he's been out for a long time, and I think that Celtic will start with Kyogo, Jota, Abada, and I think Giacomacus will be on the bench. Not Maeda? No. Instead I, I, of Abada? I'm beginning to think Abada, Kyogo, mm. Jota. I saw Abada out doing some shopping this afternoon and asked him, and he said, Hughes, wrong. Oh. Only, I'm joking, of course I didn't. Um, <laughs> that would be very strange. But I did see him out doing his shopping. Hope he had a lovely afternoon. Um, Stuart, I mean, Jackie Marcus did play such a an important role, didn't he, last uh, in that 3 0 game at Celtic Park? Couldn't find a way past Alan McGregor, but is that the type of of night that, that shows the presence he can bring? Well, when you're up against guys like Barty uh, and Goldston, you need somebody with a bit of physical presence, and Kyogre's not got that. You know, um, when I think Celtic got it wrong in the Cup game as well, I had a start to be Kyogre. Coming on as a sub in a game like that is very difficult to enter the game. I just started starting them from the start, you know. But anyway, um, I would play Yaki Maxis on Sunday. And that, that, that's, that, that's what I would do. See, did we learn anything from the Cup game, Stuart, in the sense that the the narrative, that word Hugh doesn't like... The story. The story. Building up to the game was Rangers must be tired. You know, they've gone... 120 minutes in Europe and, and Celtic have had this break and then as, as everybody knows the game didn't really pan out that way so does, Rain, does Rangers exertions last night have any impact on Sunday or are we over that stuff? I, don't, I, I think we're over it I think that, that you know, both teams are going to build for this game you know um, uh, you, you've got to build for a game like this you know you've got to be and I think Rangers are built for the same as Celtic will be There will be no resting of players by Giovanni Van Bronckhurst No There will be no Concern about when, uh, Thursday night against Leipzig in the return. This is the confrontation that defines mm-hmm. Scottish football. Yeah. The rivalry, the intensity of that rivalry is such. Giovanni Van Bronckhurst will be going to Celtic Park to beat Celtic. Mm-hmm. Ange Postacoglu will in no way be trying to play for a draw that, that would inch Celtic closer towards the title Ange Postacoglu will be going for three bells the whole jackpot on the day I repeat no one of sound mind would think there was a title race if Celtic won on Sunday thank you very much Stuart Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football it's the final Beat the Pundit of the week How did we get on last night? Did we go to a tiebreaker again? We lost a ball, didn't we? We lost another signed ball last night We're seriously, we're giving away too many Producer Callum's getting nervous If you want to make him even more so Now's the time to pick up that phone 0141 951 1025 You have to call before 7 o'clock And it could be you who takes on Kenny Miller Or Hugh Keevans at Beat the Pundit next Tackle the headlines 0141951 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Kenny Miller are here They are busy boys tonight Not only looking back on Rangers game in Europe last night We've got huge games in the Championship this evening And a massive weekend as well to come So it's all happening on the phones 0141951025 Get all your thoughts in right now please And we could be speaking to you after we play this 
Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Right, come on then, Beat the Pundit time. Let's see if we can end the week on a high for the listeners. Dean in Falkirk is the man for that task. How's it going, Dean? Not bad yourselves. Not bad, not bad. Have you played before? Uh, no, it's a first. All right, okay. Confident? Uh, not too bad Not too bad I always say it I think that's the perfect amount of confidence Let's toss the coin and find out If it will be Hugh Keevans Or Well you never know Kenny Miller's employed in Falkirk these days So you could You could just drop the ball off Kenny Get up yeah, to Now you're away tomorrow no problem, yeah. You're away tomorrow You're away no, I'll need uh, to wait yeah. yeah I'll need to wait yeah. till next week Dean that alright Yeah that's fine Good to brilliant Right heads it will be Hugh Tails it will be Kenny Miller <laughs> It is Tails We've got the We've got Miller's taxis just lined up and ready to go so what we will do is give Kenny some Clyde 2 to listen to can you still hear me Kenny Miller? no he can't he's nodding his head good that's what I like to see 30 seconds Dean answer as many questions as you can and you're welcome to pass if you don't know okay? yep let's go then 30 seconds starting now who's played more league games for Rangers Ahmad Diallo or James Sands? Uh, James Sands what nationality is former Celtic player Andreas Tom? Um, Norwegian Name any of the last three Scottish players to win PFA Players Player of the Year uh, James Forrest Who's currently in temporary charge of Hibs? Uh, David Gray How many current Scottish top flight clubs did Robbie Nielsen play for? Three Who's played for more Scottish clubs? Kyle Lafferty or Kenny Miller? Kenny Miller Okay, let's bring him back. Kenny, can you hear us? Yep. Good, same set of questions to you. 30 seconds on the clock, and your time starts now. Who's played more league games for Rangers, Ama Diallo or James Sands? Diallo. What nationality is former Celtic player Andreas Tom? German. Name any of the last three Scottish players to win PFA Player of the Year. Gary Colwell. Who is currently in temporary charge of Hibs? David Gray How many current Scottish top flight clubs Has Robbie Nielsen played for? Three Who's played for more Scottish clubs? Kyle Lafferty or Kenny Miller? Kyle Lafferty Who's scored the most league goals for Motherwell this season with ten? Van Dean Dean What's the verdict? Yeah. Uh, could have gone either way Could have gone either way Let's find out uh, Who's played more league games for Rangers? Ahmed Diallo or James Sands? Diallo's got six And Sands has got Five. That surprised me, Dean. I would have fallen for the same trap as you, but Kenny Miller knows his stuff. He is 1-0 yeah. <laughs> in front. What nationality is former Celtic player Andreas Tom? He's German. Kenny goes two in front. However, he's just gone for his pal. Gary Caldwell certainly did win Player of the Year, um, but a lot further back than James Forrest, Scott Brown or Lee Griffiths. So you pulled one back. It's 2-1, Dean. Uh, you both knew that David Gray is in... Charge of Hibs So is it 3-2 at the moment I think uh, How many current Scottish top flight clubs Did Robbie Nielsen play for It's two Hearts and Dundee United And who's played for more Scottish clubs Yeah Yeah Probably just edge on then He's got a question about himself Wrong again Hugh Keevans It's Honestly. just a guess A pure guess Laughs about 15 clubs Right enough so. See this is the thing Because I yeah. think we had this conversation During one of the breaks Weeks ago I don't think you're quite Up there in Total, yeah. But in Scottish clubs, you've done them by seven to three. Three, yeah. Uh, so, w- w- would you believe, Dean? You have got a Kenny Miller question right against Kenny Miller, <laughs> and that means we head off to the tiebreaker. So, oh, oh, oh hang fire, hang fire. What about Van Dean? Oh, it's Tony Watt. Was it? 
Can you believe that? It's still Tony Watt. But he's never got 10 goals from Motherwell, huh? Yes. He's got one for Dundee United, you know. He's got 11 overall. Oh, no, he's not. Oh, no, he's not. Oh, no, he has not. He has got 10. Producer oh, Callum's a big Dundee United fan as well, and he's got it wrong. Who scored the most league goals for Motherwell this season no, with no, 10? No, 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 that wasn't the question. It was, that's exactly no, what I said. was it? It was, who is Motherwell's top scorer? No, it's not. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Play it back. Come on, how quickly can we get this? I said, who scored the most league goals for Motherwell this season with 10? Well, he's not scored 10 for Motherwell. <laughs> he's only scored 9. He's only got nine. He's, he's only not letting nine. this go. He's not going to let this go. Anyway, you're going to have to tiebreaker in. Let's go even to the tiebreaker. Even though it's a rubbish question, you blame him. He's just Tony Watt in the brain because he's because he left well, Motherwell for goals. Dundee he's United. Got nine goals for Motherwell. Hurry up, producer Callum. What's he got? I don't even know if this changes anything, but it does, not But he's got nine goals. So yeah, remember, uh, bad question. You remember I said Van Veen with eight goals was the top. Well, yeah. Am I right, Callum? Yeah, yeah? He is right. Thank you very much. He's Tony right. Watt started coughing. So that's why I said Van Veen hmm. because I knew he yeah. had ten. I mean, he still doesn't have the most uh, league uh, goals uh, for Motherwell. So you're right. The problems anyway. in the question. Okay. Just, so we can. We, what we'll do is we'll both team up yeah. and blame him yeah, okay. in the corner. Right, anyway, okay. let's go to the tie let's, do it. let's right. have it it's a closest two as always and my goodness good luck with this one that's all I'm going to say to you right uh, let's add a wee bit of tension I like that dramatic music how many Scottish Premiership players have received two or more yellow cards oh this season goodness so it's going to be you know how many Scottish Premiership players have received two or more yellow cards across this entire season if Kenny would write his answer down that would be grand show me your page I would have no idea where to start by the way Dean what do you think Um, I'd say 35 oh my goodness Scottish Premiership players to have two or more yellow cards Kenny Miller is a hundred out and it's still the closest. It's 175. What? You wrote down 76, so there or thereabouts. It's 175. It's hey, a win. A win is a win. <laughs> Unlucky Dean. There we go. Hardlines, Dean. Unlucky Dean. Oh. Thanks. Oh, he's gutted. You've broken his heart. And do you know what? There, is there a bit of justice attached to Absolutely that? Absolutely. After the whole justice Tony Watt, Kevin Van Veen episode <laughs> that we'll put behind us, Hugh Kevens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 175 I wouldn't know where That's to begin incredible. with that I wouldn't know where to begin with that I must admit not a clue uh, so well done Kenny Miller the sign ball stays where it is much to the relief of producer Callum what have we got left for the season four four balls left and then the pundits have to buy them themselves that's the rule Hugh Keevans right. that won't go down well with you I'm a pensioner <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine A man of your knowledge 01419511025 Or Twitter At Clyde SSB We are Doing loads of things at once We're looking back on last night We're already looking ahead to Sunday And there's so much to happen in between Five big games in the championship this evening Particularly big For the likes of Air United and Dunfermline uh, Down near the bottom of that table and of course huge games tomorrow as well I'd like to hear from you St Mirren and or Aberdeen fans just to find out how nervous you are it's a five point gap to the playoff spot at the moment is that enough? Or are you starting to fear the worst? let us know 01419511025 now we've been having a good old think forward to Sunday as well let's bring in Paul who's a Celtic fan and uh, see how he's feeling a couple of days to go Paul a mixed bag, of course, in the fixture recently. Are you confident this time? Uh, hi, Gordon. Uh, hi, Ken. Hi, you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm very confident. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what changes, if any, that uh, 
big Angel make. I think his uh, his season uh, Celtic and Rangers games wise has went. I think the first game we played, uh, he kind of made a bit of a mistake by playing Edward through the middle instead of uh, Kiego, but I suppose it was understandable as well. Uh, because Kiego had just arrived and stuff. I think after that, he got it on the money, uh, but minus Kiego because he was injured. And I think the cup game, I don't think we've done a lot wrong, to be honest. I don't think we played particularly well, uh, but lost it in extra time. Uh, I think as well the first game of the season the first Celtic Rangers game I, I didn't think there was really anything in it either but we well, just new in the scene uh, quite a small team the amount of uh, balls that Rangers fired into the, the box that day uh, they were due to score one I, I, I would say but I, I'm, looking forward to, I'm looking forward to the changes I'm not apprehensive about it I think that if Celtic play their game I think I think we'll win Hugh, everyone knows what the incentive is yeah obviously you keep saying it of course it's it's pretty much done you just can't call it done because it's not but you know it's it, it, for all intents and purposes it is if Celtic win yeah and Rangers just quite simply won't want that to happen I'm sure the fact of the matter is that Celtic and Rangers possess two very good teams on any given day one could beat the other and that's been the story of the season they've played four times already and they've won two each and so here's round five coming up on Sunday. I do think that Ange Postacoglu could not have asked for a bigger Hollywood finish than winning the league by beating Rangers at Celtic Park inside a ground that will have 700 Rangers supporters and everyone else will be supporting Celtic. It is theirs to lose in that regard, I think. Celtic... At Dingwall last week, did well. Kyogo, to me, looks as if he's gathering pace. You also have Giacomacchus to come on, impact sub. Celtic have had the free week to train, prepare properly. Rangers have got uh, had the big European tie and another one to come. But this is the rivalry of all rivalries in Britain for me. And... Both will be going for it on Sunday and it has all the elements of an epic final derby of the season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting when you go through them, Kenny, to see what lessons we've learned. The first one seems like so long ago. We're going all the way back to August and at a quick glance of the 22, there are at least nine that, that won't feature. Both, you know, Rangers had to play McCrory that day in goals, Helander played, uh, obviously Morelos and Roof. Um, Celtic's team that day we mentioned earlier had Christy and Edward in it they brought Sorrow and Montgomery on so um, for speed purposes let's discount that one and think about the, the recent <clears throat> lessons everyone knows about the game at Celtic Park because Celtic got it so right Rangers got it so wrong it ended in a convincing win for Celtic and then when it went to Ibrox it was obviously much closer in the balance of play but Celtic still edged it and then the Hamden one Rangers managed to get right in Celtic's faces and impose themselves and and win the match how do you see that the both teams trying to approach this one based on the kind of lessons that we've learned from the previous ones? Well, I think Rangers definitely learned lessons from the 3-0. And that lesson was, we, we, you can't set off Celtic. You can't allow them to get into, into your half freely, unopposed, 
position themselves for another half and with all their movements and rotations and really, really good players they've got, they're going to carve you up and they're going to score goals. The next game, like uh, like Paul said, there is nothing between the teams. Hugh said it, there's two very, very good teams. The game at Ibrox, Rangers never done a lot wrong that day. And they started great, Celtic got a goal. The two goals were really, really good timing. One when Rangers were absolutely dominant for that seven minutes. Not just only dominant, because it's only seven minutes, but they were up and at them, the way Celtic were at Celtic Park in February. The, the, the semi-final, much of the same. Rangers got the breaks that time. I think you're talking about balls into the box for the first game. I think it was it many crosses that Rangers had at Ibrox. I think it was it was upwards of 30 crosses, I think, into the box. But Celtic stood strong and defended it well that day. So there's nothing between the teams... On the day, it's big moments, it's mistakes, it's a break of the ball. That's what has decided the last two games. And I, I would expect much more of the same on Sunday. Paul, is there any nervousness attached to the title race for you at the moment, at this stage? Uh, I, I'm not arrogant enough to say no, Gordon. I mean, they can always, things can change, uh, as, as done over the, the decades, but I don't think it will change. I think that uh, Rangers have also kind of were comforting themselves with their European run, which, which annoy, annoyingly so has been really good. But I think that that will take a good bit of the sting out of it, even even if they don't win the uh, the UEFA Cup, uh, sorry Europa League. Uh, I, I think I think they've kind of cushioned themselves with that. Uh, I'm not saying that they don't want to win. I'm not saying that they don't want to league, win the league, but I think the vast majority of them think that the league's done. Yeah, a lot of people said that, Hugh, particularly after the weekend, because Celtic chalked off another one. Yeah. And it, you know, the Ross County game is six points, four games to go. Everyone seemed to be saying on Monday it's done. Um, but you know what? It certainly would. We've we've spent the last five minutes talking about you know how Celtic can pretty much wrap up the title. If on the other hand Rangers go and win it. Certainly got a proper end, a proper end to the season title race on our hands if that's the case. Whether Celtic still get over the line from there, fine. But you're hardly going to completely write off what would be you know three points with a couple of games to go, albeit a, a goal difference. Paul's being extremely short-sighted because he's only got to go back a fortnight to when Rangers went to Hamden to play Celtic, having had extra time against Braga in the Europa League three days earlier. Uh they did not concern themselves with fatigue. Did not console themselves with the thought, "Oh, we could lose the final. It doesn't matter because we've beaten Braga. We're into the semi-final of the Europa League." They just came the in Celtic's faces, and Celtic did not respond. And that's what will happen on Sunday. They'll get in Celtic's faces from the very word go, and Celtic will get if they've learned the lesson from Hamden. Will get back in Rangers' faces. From the word go. Here we have what is, for Celtic, the league decider. For Rangers, the league spoiler. And that will add to the tension of the occasion. Uh, you know, I, I think, in my heart of hearts, I think we're going to have the final derby of the season be a, an epic. Uh, thank you to Paul. Let's bring in Brian from Bishop Briggs with a Rangers perspective. What do you think, Brian? Hi, guys. How's doing? Um, it's just uh, it's just a couple of things I wanted to touch on. Uh, first of all, last night um, I think Gio got his tactics spot on. I mean, the only thing I would have said he done wrong was he never kept a rebo um, in the middle. Obviously, a lot of people agree with me. Um, but 
I, I definitely do fancies in the when uh, when they come to Ibrooks. Um, I think the tie's definitely not over. But the main thing I was actually wanting to ask the panel. Um, I know you're talking about uh, they'll be at each other's in each other's faces mm-hmm. and uh, it'll be a good game and stuff like that. But I just want to ask, and it's been a serious debate I've seen on Twitter today. Would the panel, if they were Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, would you rest players for Thursday or would you go all out and play your strongest team no matter what it is? Because I know Mavs isn't my strong point, but I'm pretty sure even if we win uh, on Sunday, if Rangers win, uh, it's still, I think Celtic only need four points from their next three games to to, to technically become champions. Um, So, I mean, uh, judging by that, I can't really see Celtic drop many points elsewhere. There will be no... Dropping of players Would no. you do it though Brian's asking uh, If I were the Rangers manager Or the Celtic manager I would be acutely aware Of The nature of the fixture And the need If you're Giovanni Van Bronckhurst For Celtic Not to be walking round the pitch At the end of the game As the De facto League champions Therefore He'll leave no one yeah. out He'll pick the strongest team He'll go for it And Thursday And the RB Leipzig mm. Will take care of itself Is that not all about Symbolically, I get that, but if you, you are of the view that the league is over, yes, I think you said that on Monday. Yes. So that that's Brian's point. If the league is over, why would you do anything to reduce your chances of beating Leipzig for a, a game that, that won't help you win the league anyway? I think that's the the point Brian's trying to make. But I think it's over. Did Giovanni Van Bronckers think it's over? That's the question. Kenny, would you rest no. players? No, no, because it's not over. You know, it's highly improbable. You know, it's not impossible. Rangers get the the win on Sunday, it's three points. The next three games, who knows what will happen. When the pressure's there to get over a finishing line to win a league is very, very tough. The pressure mounts. At the moment, Celtic have got a real, real good lead. You know, they're going at the game on Sunday, they don't need to win. You know, they will absolutely approach it, trying to win, Mm -hmm. but they don't need to win. If they lose... And it's three points with three games to go. It is far from over. You've said it yourself. If that is the case, then there's no way that that, that builds a pressure. So Rangers can't just give it up. They can't. So, and it is an old firm game. There is no way that you're resting. There might be changes, by the way. There may be changes to the team, but it will not be a case of resting players. See, if Arfield comes in for Aribo, Arfield can do that role. See, if Roof's fit, Roof goes up front. I think that's Rangers mm-hmm. starting lineup. It's definitely strengthened. Rangers will start again. One of the one of the previous calls says, "Well, the reason we played a back five is because there was three up front. Well, there'll be three up front on Sunday. Will we play? A, will Rangers play a back mm-hmm. five? I don't think so. Rangers will go at it in their usual formation. If they have a recognised mm-hmm. striker, if they don't, then I think they'll find a, mm-hmm. a, an alternative solution. Whether that's Aribo, whether it's Arfield, whether that's Ramsey being back fit, who knows? But. No way they'll be. It's not resting. They'll, they'll not be prioritising the the semi final over the old form. I, I know. I was just going to say, Hugh. I know because we've now got the benefit of hindsight, and it passed without incident. Rangers won the three points, and I know Motherwell's a different challenge, right? I do acknowledge that. But last Friday on this show, the same things were being said, and then Ryan Kent, etc., were all left on the bench on Saturday. Well, that was a you know against Motherwell with the greatest mm. respect. No, I know that, but, we're, but like I said, if we can. Just go back to last Friday night Because I know that they did have enough to get past Motherwell But uh-huh. everyone, well not everyone But you and others were making the same point last Friday That he couldn't possibly take the chance And he did But the Celtic game is an entirely different species It's a different life form 
And although Giovanni Van Bronckhurst is 90 minutes away from a European final, the Rangers supporters want absolute proof that the strongest team mm. is put out onto the park. It might well, be some, because to be fair, Brian's whole point of yeah. the call was that Rangers fans are debating this the, on social media. Yeah. So not every, not they don't all feel that way. Well, my impression is that this fixture is so parochial, so primitive. It doesn't matter that Leipzig is on the horizon. The Rangers fans do not want those who are there in person or those who are watching on television do not want to see the sight of the Celtic players celebrating at the end because they know the league has been won and won against Rangers. And the Rangers uh, players and management will react accordingly. If you're Celtic and you win the league on Sunday by beating Rangers, they're that is the definition of happiness. What do you think, Brian? Um, it's not very often I disagree with the panel, but uh, I'm going to respectfully disagree with the, uh, the both of you. Um, and what you said there, Hugh, um, with the impression you're getting about Rangers fans, that, like what you said, I mean, I, the majority of people I'm seeing actually, and I'm speaking to, are saying, oh, definitely, rest players, rest players. I'm not saying rest every player and play you know, like like a very, very weak team. I mean, just a couple of key players. Like, for example, I mean, I, I would rest Ryan Kent. Personally, I would. It seems like he shines on Euro, uh, European nights and I just feel that we would really need him. And also as well, when you think about it this way, I mean, we're, we're literally touching distance to a European final. I mean, how often does that seriously happen? I mean, I get what you're saying, Hugh, about the Celtic players walking around the park at full time having feeling that that's it that's the league done and I get that I totally get that but I mean for the chance to get to a European final I just feel like this is the year it should all be about that but listen it's my opinion and I'm just I'm just disagreeing with the two Kenny you. you wanted back in quickly it's just that you can rest whoever you want that doesn't in my opinion I don't think it gives you any better or any less chance of winning that game you know but you've still got four days to go to the game this is what football players are built to do is go when you play for big teams that are going for challenges on three and four fronts you need to play weekend midweek it's a good debate Brian you've got everyone going thank you Brian and Bishop Briggs we are going to get a full time teaser a topical one for the guys next we'll continue to build up to the weekend looking back on last night and a big night in the championship as well get in touch taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Kenny Miller are here at 01419511025 or it's Twitter at Clyde SSB. Good question tonight, been sent in uh, by Davy in Airdrie. A very topical one because oh. you'll have seen the news today, no doubt, that Dick Campbell, Ange Postacoglu, Malky Mackay, and Paul Hartley make up the four man shortlist for PFA Scotland's manager of the year. Now, the question tonight is this. Name the 10 Scotsmen who've won PFA Scotland's Manager of the Year. Can you name the 10 Scotsmen who've won PFA Scotland's Manager of the Year? Gordon Strachan. Yes, twice actually. The only one to do it twice. Walter Smith, yes. Um, And it gets a bit harder after that. Oh, good. Uh, Jack Ross. It's a great shout. I didn't... I think you would get that no offence is it? yeah it is yeah well done did Yogi do it? he did well done okay that's 4 of 10 so I've got every faith 
that you'll get them all by the end. Davey and Airdrie, thanks again. He got in touch by sending an email to fulltime at clyde1.com. That's how it works. You send the questions and the pundits try and come up with the answers. So tonight, 10 Scots who've won PFA Scotland's Manager of the Year, Jack Ross, John Hughes, Walter Smith, Gordon Strachan. Every year we have the same issues, Hugh, because um, the votes are in yes. early and things aren't all one. Yes, we know. If we can try our best to put some of that to one side, because there's not much else we can do about it, what do you make of those four? Is that the four you would have gone for? Take them all on their individual merits. Paul Hartley, two promotions with Cove Rangers. Um, well done to him. Dick Campbell, part-time team in a full-time division. Uh, came very close to winning the championship and therefore promotion to the Premier League automatically, but will settle for the playoff place. He's a 68-year-old man. Uh, it is an astonishing achievement. Um, Malky Mackay, I'm delighted for because... Uh, he is always hounded by what took place in the past uh, and he has carved out a real niche for himself in Dingwall. He lost or failed to win any of the first 10 games and now has Ross County in a position where they could qualify for Europe. Ange Postacoglu, what can anyone say? Comes in, who's he? Loses three of his first six games what's going on and then over the next 28 league games wins 24 draws 4 and could win the title on Sunday Ange Postacoglu inherited an utter shambles and turned it in to something that might be a championship winning team so take them all on their individual merits and uh, good luck to the lot of them it's conceivable that Ange Postacoglu could beat Rangers on Sunday, be the champions elect, and not be manager of the year. But did we'll you have that argument on Monday? Did you vote? No. I wonder who did the, the Falkirk previous yeah. manager before yeah. he left, who did he vote for? Um, oh, actually, I, can't, I don't even know. <laughs> Who'll win out of those four? Who should win out of those four? I think had Dick Campbell won the league, mm-hmm. he should have won it, but he's not. Okay. But it's had an incredible year. I, th- I think Angel won it. The problem may be that the votes were cast before it was known that Kilmarnock were champions. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. difficult, isn't it? Exactly. So, so Dick might very well yeah. be right up there in the running based on the job he's, he's done. I'm thinking of potentials who have been overlooked and the listeners can fill in the blanks. Robbie Nielsen? Third yep, place, runaway third place, easily the best of the rest, and in a Scottish Cup final. Again, overlooked. just like you say, if he, if he, if he wins the Scottish Cup, mm-hmm. then he probably maybe yeah. deserves, but probably he, deserves he, to win it. Even get, yeah, even getting to final though, combined with third, because everyone knew months ago Hearts were finishing third. Yep. Has he been, has he been omitted uh, unfairly? Uh, again, when I, when I look at the achievements of the, the four men, uh, Paul Hartley with promotion for Cove, Dick with the kind of job he's done at Arbroath, um, it's a Peculiar story. It, it was a fairy tale story until Big Bad Derek McInnes uh, rewrote the ending uh, last Friday night at Rugby Park. Um, Malky Mackay and Ange Postacoglu perfectly understandable as shortlist candidates. So, you know, you, you get honourable mentions. Robbie Nielsen gets an honourable mention, but the four guys who are there have arrived there on merit. 
Uh, okay, 01419511025. As you will find out between now and the end of the show, if these two get the answers right, it's not always the obvious choices who win Manager of the Year. So get your thoughts in on that one. Uh, Mark is in Clyde Bank. How's it going, Mark? How is the panel? Yeah, good, thank you. What have you got for us tonight? Um, basically, it's just regarding last night's football with Rangers uh, against Leipzig. Obviously, I thought Rangers played no too bad. It's a good result, I think, to take back to Ibrox. Um, obviously, I think Ibrox is obviously a hard place to go to for any team. So, I think a 1-0 deficit is a good a good result for Rangers. What do you think about that, guys? Uh, yeah, obviously a good result. Uh, tie savable, if I could put it that way. Uh, I think that Rangers will get through. However, I think that RB Leipzig can play better than they did last night. And that's why I, I wouldn't be putting my house on the outcome of the game. That I think there's a lot of mileage left in this tie. There are certain cliches in football that it's really difficult to stay away from, Kenny. Um, and this would be one that the next goal is very important. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, but... but the, the full mood you spoke about Braga Rangers go score in the first two minutes the roof will come off Ibrox and all of a sudden I don't know if you would put the house on it at that point but you know it swings everything completely Leipzig can kill all of that but by going and, and doing the opposite and, and them scoring early then that's a long old road back for Rangers it is and it's, it's just the psychological nature of football as well it's uh you get that first goal like you did against Braga. It's two minutes in, and like you say, the noise levels are are just insane at Ibrox on these on these European nights. But what they have done in each and every game they've played, they've started so so well, and you know, they've got that energy. They've, they've they've taken the energy for the for the stands, and they've just used it and they've put it into real performances at home. So I would expect much of the same. You know, they're going to need to do all the dogged side of the game, all the really good defending that they, they put into last night. They're still going to need to do that. Probably do it from a different a different formation, I would think. But they just need to they need to be on that front foot. They need to again get a shot, get a corner, get something in that early stage of that game that's going to get that crowd right behind you. Even more so, by the way, than they already will be. Does last night's game influence Sunday's meeting of the sides, Mark? Well, I was talking to my good pal Francis Begbie. He's a season ticket holder at Parkhead. He's good pals with Kevin Bridges. And he was saying that she and Poster Coglu, the way that he's, he's brought my team together, that especially his first season. I mean, as a Rangers fan, I would go... I mean, you're still in three cups. You've got the league, you've got the Europa League, and you've got the Scottish Cup. I mean, you could still possibly win all three, you know, so... But I Do think you actually have a friend called Francis Begbie before we move on? <laughs> I've got a friend called Francis Bigby. Well, it must be his nickname, surely. Bigby. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening here? What's happening? Uh, obviously, that can't, that, that can't be his real name. I, I assume Hugh Evans. I was feeling yeah, starstruck for a, uh, for a moment there. Um, but Francis, whether he's Francis Bigby or not... And uh, his pals with Kevin Bridges as well, apparently. Well, you know, getting, his, getting his CVs, life stories. My daughter used to mentor... Kevin Bridges been through school together here. Anyone else got a Kevin Bridges tenuous link? He we, once hosted the Employee of the Year Awards when I worked at Quick Fit Insurance. There you go. His mother used to be on the checkout till we used to have gone. Kenny, you're getting left behind here. Uh, Give me something. No, I'm not. No, listen, it's, it's funny. Love him. Uh, love him as a comedian. Uh, okay. Um, football. Anyone? Sunday. Celtic Park. The, Save you know, us. Listen, it, it's the classic confrontation. 
the world will change overnight Saturday into Sunday. We won't be talking about RB Leipzig and we won't be talking about anything other than the league title is up for grabs here. If Celtic win, the title is Ange Postacoglu's. If Rangers win, Kenny Miller has said, they would reserve the right to say with three games to go and a three-point mm. deficit, the fat lady has yet to sing. Yeah. If we're talking about the the influence or the knock-on effect from last night, Kenny, you and Hugh made your feelings clear to one of the previous callers. You don't think Giovanni van Bronckhurst is going to you know, start resting everyone. What are the... If he is inclined to freshen things slightly, what would be the most likely areas for him to do that? I mean, he's not blessed with attacking <laughs> options. Leon Balligan's suspended, of course. Not blessed with attack, great attacking options. The defence will be the defence. Uh, unless there's so Barisic a, a, left back Bassi centre back well, yeah. well what is the options yeah. it's, going to, it's going to have to be an, an outrageous option and you don't think he would repeat the back three in this match but if he does it's still going to be the same personnel yeah. you know so nobody's getting rested out and it has to be Lundstrom it probably steps mm-hmm. back in there so there's another guy that's not going to be rested I think realistic changes could be Ryan Jack could be left out Steve Davis could come in uh, Aribo could drop back into midfield again if there's players that are coming back to fitness namely a striker then it allows maybe one of those midfielders to be rested if you want to call it that uh, Glenn Kamara again he's been I think he's been Lundstrom and Jack have been the, the go-to guys in that in that position Aribo is another one that would play Arfield can come in Scott Wright could keep his place this weekend but potentially not play on Thursday Sakala could come in as well there is options there but Ask the whole thing. You need to decide what your what I feel my strongest team is, and you know what that might there might be twelve or thirteen players that he thinks could fit into our strongest team. You know we can say what we want about rest and what, but I think there is a good squad of players. That's why you have a squad that you can make these changes, and hopefully the team doesn't suffer. Uh, thank you very much to Mark and his celebrity friends. So one four one nine five one one zero two five. Please do. Uh, get in touch. Let me tell you about a good chance for you to win a prize on here, though. Super Scoreboard European football coverage with Moyer and Sweeney litigation. Whether it's criminal defence, family law, public inquiries and more, they're here for you. We're talking a 58-inch Samsung 4K TV and an Amazon Echo Show. It's a top prize. It's all thanks to Moyer and Sweeney litigation, our sponsors of European football coverage this season. And uh, they've teamed up with us to give you that fantastic chance to win an unbelievable prize. Now, they are a multi-award winning law firm. They're offering high quality discreet legal service in such a range of matters, criminal defence, family law, road traffic offences, public inquiries, personal injury and lots, lots more. If you go to Clyde1.com, you can find out a bit more and that's where you enter to win that prize as well. The 58-inch Samsung TV and Amazon Echo Show, all thanks to Moyer and Sweeney Litigation, sponsors of our European football coverage. We've got kick-off and a big night in the Championship, the answers to the full-time teaser and more of your calls next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. On the home straight tonight, Hugh Kevens and Kenny Miller are here. You've got work to do on this question from Davy and Airdrie. Can you name the ten Scots who've won PFA Scotland's Manager of the Year? Jack Ross, John Hughes, Walter Smith, Gordon Strachan. Craig Levine. Nope. Alice McLeish. Nope. Can I be honest? I was surprised at this list. Not no disrespect to anyone, I'm sure they all had good seasons, but just so many that you 
he'll struggle with, quite frankly. Del, Del McInnes? No. Uh, yes, sorry, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. My apologies. Ian McCall? No. Steve Clark? Yes. All right, we'll leave it there. You've got four to get, hopefully, before the end of the show. And it's full time at Clyde1.com. Massive night in the Championship, Hugh. Yeah. Um, the champions, Derek McInnes' Kilmarnock, are at Wraith Rovers. So yeah. they are just in party mode. They're just looking forward to returning to the top flight. Um, you could probably. Well, definitely suggest that at the bottom of the table is where it's all happening. Yeah. Air United are at home to Partick Thistle. Now, they sit in eighth place on 36 points at the moment. Dunfermline are one point behind them in ninth, uh-huh. which is the relegation playoff spot, and they are at home to Queen of the South tonight. So that sort of double header in particular is massive this evening. You would think that Queen of the South already relegated would have nothing to offer tonight at East End Park. But you never know. And, uh, you know, Partick Thistle are nailed on for the playoffs. Uh, Air United are not yet free of the worry of the relegation playoffs. You might assume that Air United would put more into the game than Partick Thistle. They, those are the assumptions. And football rarely works like that, does it? Now we have to wait for the reality. Uh, guard of Honour for Kilmarnock Led out by Man has been on the show a good few times Chris okay. Burke He's got the captain's armband on Nice Guard of Honour Nice recognition From the Wraith Rovers players tonight There's another one Stephen McGinn as well yeah. um, So the Kelly fans Absolutely loving it But that will be very nervy At the bottom Kenny um, You know for clubs The size of Dunfermline y- You don't need me To tell you What it can be like When big clubs are in League 1 And it's it's not easy to to get out of they've been in it recently as well Dunfermline the thought of going down would be not a good one I'm sure for the Dunfermline fans no, it would be a disaster for them again I remember at the start of the season you seen, I seen the types of players that they were signing and I thought they could have been a challenger for the league you know and it's, it's been completely it's been a poor season and the thought of relegation or even that playoff spot you know when you get into that mode it's such a disappointment to be in that and you've got a team at the other side that are on the way up it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't bear thinking for a club at Dunfermline like to think of a League One football. Yeah, going to be a huge night tonight. That's for sure. Uh, we're going to speak to Frank, who's a Celtic fan, in just a second. But whilst I overuse the word huge and wear it out, Hugh, it definitely applies tomorrow. Look at that Premiership card. Yeah, Aberdeen against Dundee. Dundee's fate pretty much, you know, could be sealed. Aberdeen could be dragged towards the relegation playoffs. Dundee United against Motherwell. Fourth v sixth, separated by one point, both uh-huh. going for Europe. Add in Tony Watt and Alan Burroughs, nice wee spat the last time. Yep. You've got the makings of a cracker there. Hearts and Ross County. Hearts fine, home and hosed, forget them. Ross County also going for Europe. And it just applies all the way down. Maybe the only one would be Livy Hibbs. Maybe not a no, huge no. deal at stake there. But the Battle of the Saints, St. Johnson, St. Mirren as well, you're not going to be able to take your eyes or ears in this case off this stuff tomorrow. St. Mirren, Stephen Robinson as manager, nine games played, eight defeats. Horrible record. Going to Perth, St. Johnson have had a miserable season given that they had the best season in the club's history prior to that. Uh, but they must be able to smell survival because they've got an opponent tomorrow who appears to be in free fall and St Johnson have to prove that tomorrow if Aberdeen lost to Dundee at Petaudry it would be full blown crisis time they would one win in 14 games Aberdeen Dundee are doomed I, I cannot see Dundee 
in any division other than the championship next season. So Jim Goodwin, one win in 14 games, they have to come out of the traps flying tomorrow. The, the crowd will be restive from the very start because they're looking on in disbelief at this Aberdeen team. So for me, Petaudry and Perth, uh, those are the places to, to focus on tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, Kenny... How would you sum up the size of the afternoon for Aberdeen, St Mirren and St Johnston tomorrow? Well, it's... Uh, I mean, St Johnston, for me, if the, I think they can still get with it. They can still get with that player spot, but they must win tomorrow. Yeah. They have to win tomorrow. And I think that goes without saying. I agree with you. I don't think if Aberdeen are going to get that second 1-14, mm. then it doesn't come any... You don't get a better opportunity than Dundee because I've said for a number of months now, I think mm-hmm. Dundee were always going to totally get with it. So uh, again, and I've got to stand by that. So I would expect Aberdeen to win tomorrow and just pull themselves probably too far away for that playoff spot. The St Mirren-St Johnston game, St Johnston have found us a way to kind of just dig themselves mm-hmm. back out in recent weeks. So it would be make a real exciting last few games if they can go yeah, win that tomorrow. We go over this every season and we know it's not perfect but this is the beauty of the split because in yeah. another league at another time one of these teams might be playing Celtic or Rangers and they think oh well they won't get anything from it and you know it's, it's difficult to compare the two fixtures St Mirren and St Johnston playing each other they have to play each other at some point now it comes tomorrow and that's why they call them six pointers Hugh St Johnston can get their own three points at the same time as denying St Mirren and then it really is game on at the bottom it's a grisly business It's a great spectator sport for those who do not have a dog in the fight, who can look at it dispassionately. But if you're Callum Davidson, the St Johnston manager, or Stephen Robinson, sleep might be difficult tonight. Uh, Frank is a Celtic fan. What's on your mind tonight, Frank? Um, Evening, gents. Hope you're all well. Thank you. Um, A quick observation before I get to my main points, and honestly, on... um, I was listening just as a Rangers fan phoned up about the offside VAR thing and mm-hmm. Kenny and you kind of backed him up. Watch it again is what I'd say because the minute, you, it was ironic the minute the guy done it, come on BBC uh, News and watch the goal again. Bassey is a person that's blocking McGregor's view and the guy's offside directly behind him and I'm sure Van Bronker said VAR looked at it and they probably didn't chop it off because it was actually Bassey who was a bigger player that blocked the view rather than the offside player but anyway that's just an observation look at it again and you'll see what I'm talking about um, my, my point is I'm going into this game on Sunday very confident more confident in the semi-final um, <clears throat> the reason why I say to producer I think Celtic could win and should win by two goals it's not the semi-final at Hamden it's not um, the game at Ibrooks. we at the semi-final um, granted we had an off day but Rangers certainly didn't batter as the way that a lot of people are making out and Kyogo and Jay Marcus weren't there they, they but guys are both back and our home record is sensational um, we've only dropped two po- uh, points in two games and only three teams have scored goals at Celtic Park all season um, that's the reason why I got it very confident I think Celtic come out the traps like they did in the 3-0 game I know Hugh says that um, Rangers come out of traps in our games. Of course, that's a, a fact. But Celtic at Celtic Park are a formidable, formidable outfit. And Rangers' away record in the league is pretty shabby. They've won 12 out of 17. 
And that's the reason why I'm mega confident that we will be walking around, um, or the players will hopefully mm-hmm. walking around the pitch and effectively the title as well. Yeah, look, well, since it is late and you acknowledge that we'll agree to disagree, Frank, because I thought I'd missed something. I've brought this goal up. Bassie's miles away for this guy. But anyway, <laughs> look, we'll, we won't split hairs over that uh, too much. Frank's done his research. I always like that, Hugh, if you can, you know, back up the opinions. Um, and that, that, you know, is a valid one. We've spoken a lot about sort of home advantage, what Celtic yeah. managed to do earlier this season. Yep. was go to Ibrox and throw that in everyone's face and prove that the away team can come out on top in these fixtures. Um, and that's the challenge now for Rangers to come in and do that at Celtic Park. Frank's done it by the data. And the data is in Frank's favour because 28 league games, 24 wins, 4 draws. It's an unbelievably consistent record on the part of Ange Postacoglu and the Celtic players. But, as ever, this fixture will not be played on a spreadsheet. It will be played on a football pitch. And Rangers are capable of going to Celtic Park and winning. Celtic are capable of beating Rangers at Celtic Park. You could not pick a winner from this distance. But we'll all have to pick a winner come Sunday morning and... You know, some of us will get it spectacularly wrong. You, probably. Very likely. Um, what what impact does the Celtic Park factor have on this, Kenny? You know, we mentioned at the start of the season, that's that's the way it was going. The first one was at Ibrox and Rangers won it, and then it went to Celtic Park and, and, and so on. And then neutral venue, if you like, at Hamden last week. Um, can, can Rangers get at Celtic as much as they did last week? When it's at Celtic Park, of course they can. Yeah, it's a it's a big grass. It's just a football, football pitch, and, and it doesn't change and anything. Be, yeah, there's going to be sixty thousand fans there, but that and you know sometimes that they can impact. What they can do is give Celtic an energy. You know, Rangers don't have that to feed off, but they can also use that energy, that negative energy towards them to feed off as well. Uh, and there's players in that team that I know will use that. Rangers need to go on and do exactly what they've done in the last few games. They need to get on the front foot. Celtic will be saying the exact same. That's why it's such a good game. It's two really, really good teams going to be going at it. And said this before mm. the game at Ibrox, said it before the, the semi-final last week, and there's nothing between mm. them. There's nothing between the yeah. teams. Quickly, Frank, before we let you go, do you think Rangers will have an eye on Thursday? Um, it's inevitable. You would. You, you got a decent result. The tie's still on the balance, you would say. Um, although, again, I do like my stats and research. Leipzig's a way forward in uh, Europe this season, guys. It's brilliant. They scored three at Man City. They scored two at Paris Saint-Germain. They scored two goals in most European games away from home. So, um, Van Bronckhorst must be looking over his shoulder. And I hear a lot of Rangers fans, and I'd be one if I was. I probably wouldn't be risking Kent for an injury or a rebo because you lose the A2 with Ruth and Morelos out. You could effectively say the tie's over before the game started if that happens. So. Frank is the research man. I love that, by the way, Frank. Some good info. I'm going to shamelessly steal them Frank uh, is in the, the build-up to the game next week. I'm going to call him the Duke of Data. <laughs> uh, he, uh, I'm sure he's been called worse. Listen, he's absolutely correct. He's, he's, he's reading it from his spreadsheet. Uh, and that is your old mm. firm rivalry summed up Frank is confident with a two goal win on Sunday and he hopes Rangers get put out on Thursday Air United have scored and taken the lead oh. against Partick Thistle but Dunfermline are also in front oh. against Queen of the South incidentally Inverness have scored against Hamilton also um, but it's as you were down between those two at the bottom because they're both in front early on and the game that's on the telly Wraith Kilmarnock 
That is goalless. Stephen Mill will be like a dish towel by the time this game's finished. A what? A dish towel. Elaborate. I mean, I know what a dish towel is, but what? Well, if, he, if he's just... <laughs> he doesn't... Sweating and... If, if he's, you'd be dish able to, towels don't sweat. You'd be able to, yeah, you'd be able to ring him out ah, by the right, end of okay. the game. We got there in the end, right, let's... Revisit that teaser You've got four more Oof. Of the ten Scots To win PFA Scotland Manager of the Year uh, I'll lose it You're all out Wow We can back a bit uh, Right so you've got Steve Clark Jack Ross John Hughes Derek McInnes Walter Smith Gordon Strachan um, What about a manager That's on your television Right now And is not Derek McInnes Because you've McGlynn. got him already John McGlynn uh, uh, Queen of the South Relegated Oh, sticky. Alan Johnson, cup Alan, finals. Alan that Johnson, year. yeah. Yep. Alan Johnson, some of the names on here. Um, I won't ask you why you call him that. Ross County, think Ross County. And he's gone down south. Derek and Adams. Derek Adams. And this guy once swung from his own team's dugout, but it, he slipped and fell on his backside and it was very funny. <laughs> no, that's not giving it away. You know him quite well, Hugh. Again, that's a bit of a rubbish clue. The listeners were thinking, thanks for that. We're trying to play along here. No. Think the Ackies. Billy Reid. Billy Reid. Well done. Thank you, Kenny Miller and Hugh Keevans. What a weekend we've got in store. It's going to be an absolute cracker. We're here Saturday and Sunday, uh, but from 2pm tomorrow, make sure you join us. And it's Friday. GBX up next.